Good morning. We're reading from Luke chapter 2, part of our Christmas story. It'll be on the screen. You can follow along. That night there were shepherds staying in fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And if we are reading that in the King James Version today, you might hear Linus say, and that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this service already. Thank you for um, that moment uh, from Kai, one of our future worship leaders. And thank you for the time that we've been able to be in your presence already this morning. Thank you just for this way that we're able to bring glory back to you, to praise you. And not just about the Christmas story, but, but the ultimate story that you have for us. And so we enter into that now as we've already read your word and we're going to continue. We pray that your Holy Spirit would be working in our hearts even now. Your presence would be felt and that we wouldn't leave the same way that we came in, God. We pray for changed hearts even now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're in this series called The Four Stories of Christmas. We believe these are old stories that bring new life. And Pastor John Simons preached the first two messages. The first two weeks are stories of passages leading up to the birth of Jesus. And you can watch these messages online. The main passage from that first week is nothing is impossible with God. And then week two reminded us that he, he being Jesus, would be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. But can we take a moment just to give thanks and honor to Pastor John for his ministry and uh, just for the, the continual commitment of preaching the word? Can we give some appreciation? Thank you so much. We're in good hands. I don't know if you knew that uh, Pastor John and I were in college together. I know you can't tell from my bald head, but no, but he was my professor, and, and so uh, what, a, what a cool situation to be uh, here now uh, working along. Uh, there's two Johns, and I know there's a third and there's more, but, uh, but it's, uh, we, we really appreciate your leadership, so thank you so much for continuing to preach the word and, and teach us scripture. Uh, this message and, and this week and next are going to deal with passages that follow the birth of, of Jesus. And so we're kind of at that midway point in our series. And the one that we just read, it's that announcement from the angel of the Savior's birth. The angel said to the shepherds, I bring you good news. Have you ever brought someone good news? I can't hear you. Okay, okay, okay. Maybe it was about uh, the job that you got. Maybe it was about a school you got into. Could have been about buying a house. I've been hearing good news from a lot of friends recently on that. Maybe it was an engagement or something. I remember uh, when Kelsey and I were dating, and uh, she really wanted a puppy for her birthday. And she, she and I had a shared calendar on our iPhone, a way where iCloud would keep it in sync so we'd keep in mind different dates or different things that we had going on. And she changed her birthday to Puppy Day. And I fought this for about four years. And then a couple years ago, 
I was with my mother-in-law, and, and my mother-in-law, Fran, asked me, uh, what are you getting Kelsey for her birthday? I don't want to get the same thing for her. And I said, I don't think we're getting her the same thing. And I told her that I was getting her a dog. And uh, she cried, you know, the good kind of tears. And she was so excited because they had dogs before as they were, as they were growing up. And uh, she knew that she would love it. And she offered right there to babysit, dog sit anytime we needed. And she has, and our dog Bruce really loves her. And it's, it's fun to share good news like that, isn't it? Because good news elicits a good response. And so I, I definitely received a, a good response just from sharing that. But what is the good news that we're talking about today? What does the gospel mean and what did it mean to those originally hearing it in this story? Well, let's take a look together. Gospel translates the Old Testament Hebrew verb, beser, and the noun, besorah. The Greek New Testament equivalent is euangelion, which is a compound word. Eu means good, and angelion means announcement. All of these words mean good news, but what kind of news? Well, in Hebrew, beser is what we might call national news, or a royal announcement. Like when King David hears a messenger beser that his army was victorious in battle, that means he still rules on his throne over the people of Israel. And after David dies, his throne is passed on to Solomon, his son. And when he was inaugurated as king in Jerusalem, a herald spreads the Besorah, that a new ruler is in charge. But after Solomon's death came a bunch of bad news kings, whose corruption led their nation into self-destruction. This is why the prophet Isaiah announced the good news that one day the God of Israel would come as the cosmic king to confront all corrupt and violent kingdoms and restore his rule over all nations. And so when Jesus of Nazareth hit the public stage, he continued Isaiah's gospel when he went around announcing the euangelion of God's kingdom. Jesus claimed that God was restoring his reign over his people Israel and over all nations, and he was the one bringing it all about. And this good news is not easy to believe. It actually sounds kind of crazy when you first hear it, but something happens when people tell the story of Jesus and start living like he really is the king of the world. That's when this gospel becomes the best news that you've ever heard. That video is from the Bible Project. Maybe you've seen that before. And they make these videos, these short little clips to help people experience the Bible as this unified story that's pointing towards Jesus, which it is. I find it really helpful, and you can find those on YouTube. And the good news, as we just heard, is this announcement of a royal birth. Jesus' birth announcement was the announcement of a coming king. And not just a coming king, but a coming kingdom. And the birth of Jesus signifies that a new ruler would now be in charge and that things were about to change. So this good news was actually bad news for someone like Herod. It was actually bad news for anyone who wanted to be their own king, so to speak. We read a little bit more of the Christmas story in Matthew chapter 2, and it'll be on the screen. It says, King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, Where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Isn't it kind of interesting that the shepherds received this announcement of the shepherd? And I guess maybe it takes one to no one. 
If we were to continue our story that we began with today, continuing in Luke 2, 15, it says, when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about the child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. Moving down to verse 20, the shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. And that kind of answers that question in the song, angels we have heard on high. Shepherds, why this jubilee? Why your joyous strains prolong? What the gladsome tidings be which inspire your heavenly song? We read the answer in Luke 2, verse 20. It was just as the angel had told them. And they didn't go straight back to the routine. First, they trusted the angel's announcement and promise. They went and found out it was true, and they were overjoyed. They had hoped it was true. That helped them to trust that it was true. And the result was joy. They glorified and praised God as they went back to their business. And maybe you're here today and you're looking for hope, for joy. This can be a hard season for many of us for different memories, uh, both positive and negative. Maybe someone we've lost. But I would encourage you to begin to take that step of faith, that step of trust. Trust this good news and, and then you'll begin to be filled with joy. I believe that trust precedes joy. Have you ever noticed that before? The shepherds, they trusted that, that angel's announcement, and, and maybe that's what helped them to continue. They didn't just listen to it and, and go on about their business, but they actually followed. They went and found the baby just as they were instructed. And let's not leave our joy in this place. Sometimes we'll have a moment of worship as we did in that beginning set and, it, and you can really feel the Lord's presence and you're reminded by those different lyrics, whether it's a new song or an old song, and we're bringing glory to God. But let's not leave it here in this room. Let's take it back to our business. Let's take it back to our routines. Let's give glory and praise to God for all we've seen and heard. And I think in that, it's not just about you know, worshiping in this building, but at home, in our community, wherever we go, because this is worth sharing. You know, Eugene Peterson is the one that wrote the message paraphrase. And the passage for today, he entitles, An Event for Everyone. The angel's announcement in the, in the message, if you're reading along, would be um, a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody worldwide. A savior has just been born in David's town, a savior who is Messiah and master. Think about that. This good news was not just for the Jews hearing this message. It's for everyone, and it's so interesting that they came to, to shepherds, and that's why we're doing this Christmas series. We consider these to be old stories that bring new life. The good news wasn't just for the Jews, not just for first century people, but the good news is for us today. It is still the good news. We read this in Romans 5, 8. The Apostle Paul says this, and why don't we say this one short verse together as it is about us? Let's say it together. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. That's good news. Even though we were sinners, we can be pardoned 
and accepted, and it's because of his grace, his free and unmerited favor. It's not that we deserve it, it's because of Jesus Christ's work and his sacrifice on the cross. We can receive that gift by grace alone, through faith alone. And it doesn't end there. We never graduate from the gospel. We don't simply receive it once and then never need it again. On Thursday, I finished another semester teaching guitar down at Kingswood University in Sussex. And in my eight years teaching there, I'm constantly reminding my students that you never graduate from the major scale. I remember when I first learned the major scale, you know, the do, re, mi, and so on. I didn't recognize the significance right away. It was mostly just an exercise that my teacher gave me that helped in my practice routine. But I still use it every day. I'll never graduate from it. I use it whether it's for warming up, exercising, improving my picking. But I also use it to understand. I also use it whether it's a simple or a complex chord, whether it's harmony, It's a tool that I use in lessons, and I I teach with it any time that I teach. In music theory, this major scale is what really defines everything else. It is the standard in our Western music, and we can derive our understanding from music theory from this major scale. If you think about a beginner or a child, they can take that basic understanding and run with it. I see kids all the time. They figure out the scale, and then they're learning a song by ear, or maybe they're writing one of their own and they're just ready to go. But adults, on the other hand, adults are a little bit different because they need a little bit more information, they need a little bit more practice, they need more time before they can share it. Kids are ready to go public and share it, as as you just saw Kai do. Uh, But adults seem to keep it private. Now, I could teach you all about music theory, understanding chord progressions, the Nashville number system, building harmony chords, all of that, but it wouldn't matter unless you applied it. It wouldn't matter unless you made music with it. And isn't that kind of the same with the gospel? The gospel is simple enough for a child to understand, yet it is quite profound, and there is kind of a mystery to it. There's clarity, but also mystery. Just like we'll never run out of songs to write with those seven notes of the major scale, we'll never run out of our need for the gospel, but it's our need to apply it. The gospel isn't just something that we know, it's something that we do. If you think about baptism, that's one example. Think of it this way. Baptism is your announcement of and our celebration of your rebirth. Baptism is not what saves you. Baptism is your next step after you start following Jesus. The way that we think of it is that it's actually an outward expression of an inward transformation. God changes you from the inside out the moment that we confess our sins to Jesus and, and receive him as our Lord and Savior. Baptism is actually when we go public with our faith. You know, sometimes we, we go down to the river and baptize, and we're not going to make you do that this winter. We actually, just behind these lights here, we can move those. There's a, a tank there that we do baptisms in. We'll run the water, we'll get it nice and warm, and we'll dunk you, and we can do that. And here's the, symbol, uh, the symbolism of the whole thing. Picture this. When someone is lowered under the water they are dying to their old self. When they are raised up out of that, they're actually being raised to new life. So the going under the water, it's not just about cleansing. It's about representing, similar to how Jesus died and then was buried, but then he was raised again, and so we're coming up to new life. The, the old life is gone, and the new life has just begun. The good news isn't really just about going from bad to good. It's actually about going from dead to alive. And so... 
My challenge to you is this. There's this red card that says yes on it. And just a little bit lower, it says, I need to get baptized. And so if that's you, if you have not taken that next step yet, I would encourage you to do that. You can talk to me or one of our pastors, and we would love to get you ready uh, to be baptized, whether January 11 or 12 in the new year. And uh, that would be an awesome way for us to celebrate the announcement of your rebirth. I think of it this way, and I, I love reading Luke around Christmas time. I, I love his account of the gospel story. But much later in the story, in chapter 15, we read the parable of the lost son. And this is a story that's told by Jesus. We're not going to look at the entire thing, but at the end of the story, after the son that was lost comes home to the father, the father sets up this celebration. Words get, word gets out to the older son. And then this older son confronts the father that he's never been celebrated. And this is what the father said to him. Look, dear son, you've always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. Isn't that at the heart of the gospel? From lost to found, from death to life, maybe even from slave to son or daughter. John Wesley, who our denomination is named after, said this regarding his pre-conversion experience. He said, I had even then a faith of a servant, though not that of a son. How many of us have had a similar experience? I believe that God wants us to have the faith of a son and daughter, not just of a servant or, or a slave Remember what the father said to that older son, everything I have is yours. So this is actually about inheritance. And maybe it's tempting to approach God's grace as insurance, insurance that one day we'll go to heaven. I've heard some people call it fire insurance. But if anything, I think that that's only a byproduct of receiving and responding to this good news. It's actually about an inheritance. God changes us and we become like children of God. I love how John says it in chapter one of his gospel account. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So if that's true of us, if we've received Christ, then we are daughters and sons of the king. The good news is about a royal birth. Yes, it's about Jesus, of course. But it's also about us. We become part of his royal family through new birth. Maybe you're familiar with John chapter 3. A little bit later, we have John 3.16. But before that, he's talking with Nicodemus. And he says to him, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Do you remember what they said in the video that we watched a few moments ago? It's an announcement of a new king and is in charge, and that means a new way of life. And in Jesus' kingdom, things are quite different from the world's kingdoms. We're not just a servant in this kingdom. We are part of his family. To quote what they said at the end, said, something happens when people tell the story of Jesus and start living like he really is king of the world. That's when this gospel becomes the best news you've ever heard. It's because you need to apply it. The gospel isn't just a good story. You know that word that they put together, gospel, it really stands for good story. Of course it's a good story, but that's, that's not it. It was good news, 
And it still and always will be good news because it's not just information to take in. The good news is something meant to transform our lives. It's our identity. Our identity is not meant to be found in what we do or what we've done. Our identity is actually meant to be found in Christ. So the moment that you receive Christ, you become a son or daughter of God. I'm excited for this closing song. It's, it's not a, a new song per se. It's one that I, I heard maybe a, a month ago or so. And I felt that it was very fitting for, for the context of this good news and, and kind of where we're going with this theme. It's called Sons and Daughters. And as always, you can sing along. Uh, but maybe this is a moment I would challenge you as we worship to allow the worship leaders to actually sing over you, look at the screen, take in these lyrics, but maybe begin uh, by being seated. But when this truth sinks in, when you receive this, maybe for the first time, or perhaps as a reminder, I would then encourage you to stand and, and we can sing along as well. Uh, but in the, in the final few Uh, moments of this message, uh, I'd like to read a passage of scripture the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth and to the others throughout Greece. This is is something that as I was reading along, thinking of the old and the new, you know, the tagline of our series is old stories that bring new life. Well, the old life is gone. The new has begun. This really comes from this passage, but that one verse isn't enough. I want you to hear the context as if you're hearing it for the very first time, and perhaps you are. If it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. If it seems we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, but how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. As God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and ignore it. For God says, at just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I heard you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. And so I've alluded to this card regarding baptism. And, and maybe that's your next step. Maybe it is coming back to God. Maybe it is coming to him for the very first time. So I would encourage you as they sing over us to read the lyrics, let it sink in, take it in and respond today. Receive his gift, that marvelous gift. This is the good news. Today is the day of salvation. And that's what Christmas is all about.